Destroy All Children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or riding your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy All Children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Destroy All Children. Knowing me, Larry Davis. Knowing you, George Brundle. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And by the time this episode goes up, we will already be VTubers. Yeah. You got your VTuber avatar ready? Uh-huh. It's a uh, Kermit the Frog, but it's got tits. I figured that would appeal to a wide market. Uh-huh. Well, Debating on whether or not to do a voice changer? Uh, it's I think certainly a market. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. YouTube really thinks thinks that I want to see videos of that girl saying ikumbukum because I watched the video <laughs> once, and now it's just being very aggressive with it. Well, you do, though, don't you? A little bit. Yeah. Kind of. A tiny bit. I think it's more than a little hey, what's, bit. What's going on this week in the world of video games? Nothing. Sure. What? Not not really Surely anything. There's, there's news and that the news is good. Sony announced the price and the date of their console, didn't they? <laughs> well, but yes, by the time this has gone up, yeah. Uh, you would think, Probably. anyway. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, that would be the conventional wisdom that they would announce that a week after this whole Xbox thing that you're going to get into here in a minute. But right. also, I feel that like Sony is completely disregarding conventional wisdom. It's not a conventional year. Uh, they should announce it on Wednesday. We're recording this on a Monday morning. Uh, but who knows? Well, yeah, conventional wisdom would say that they would have announced the price and date in July when E3 sure. would would have been. Instead of waiting until yeah. we're less than two months out But yeah, you know Man, remember E3? No <laughs> I don't It was too long ago Man Tell me about the Xbox Series X S, I'm sorry uh, well, uh, But also the X Well, also the too. X I mean, yeah uh, Both coming out November 10th uh, X at 500 S at 300 S uh S seems real bad is the thing. And I guess it's not really aimed at people like us. So I don't know the comparison is. People really who enjoy act. video games? Well, I think it's aimed at people who enjoy maybe one or two video games. And that's basically sure. it. People who yeah. want to play the Call of Duty or the Madden and that's basically it. It'll be fine. Halo Infinite will probably run on that thing. I hope so. Halo Infinite looks like it's pretty much just a current generation game to me. Like, I don't think it looks bad, but I can't imagine yeah. that thing wouldn't, you know, be able to run it well. Yeah. Uh, Give me the specs. Give me the numbers. All right. So the specs for the Series S are out, and there's a comparison chart here with it. Compared to the Series X, and oh boy, uh, they should have called this thing the Xbox Zero, if you ask me. Ew. 
Uh, not my kind of humor. Yeah, I know. Uh, so let's see. First of all, Series S has no disk drive. Not surprising. Um, no. And that by itself, uh... I feel like, kind of nullifies the price advantage because you're gonna end up paying more for stuff digitally. But whatever. Yeah, this is like I think we've talked about this on the podcast as well. How we both think that like this is the generation that they end up pushing towards digital only. Like I, I think the PlayStation Five having a non-disc drive uh, skew kind of proves that but then also microsoft following suit is both not surprising but yeah. i think just more validation that that is the direction they're going to want to go in yeah i mean they tried to do that last generation there was the all digital xbox last time too yeah but um yeah i would still hope that people kick against that but then i also feel that raising the price of new games to 70 dollars is going to be the thing that might also like dissuade buying physical copies even though like yeah, again wh- why it's going to be 70 not... digital too sure <laughs> like that's not going to make I, any I difference of, i think i was kind of just assuming that they would maybe to try to incentivize digital leave those at 60 bucks and then no. charge 70 for disc or something but yeah it's probably not going to happen no. um but the series x has 16 gigabytes of ram and the series s has 10 and you would say, that seems kind of bad, but not that bad. And then you look at the memory bandwidth and see that the Series X has 10 gigabytes of it running at 560 gigabytes a second uh, and 6 gigabytes at 335 gigabytes a second. So 560 and 335. The Series S has 8 gigabytes at 224 gigabytes a second and 2 gigabytes at 56 Gigabytes second. That actually might be gigabits. I think this B should not be capitalized. Either way, um, that's real slow. That's under half for most of the RAM of the speed of the Series X, and the system memory is uh, about a sixth of the speed. So that's a lot of numbers. That's real bad. Yeah. But what about used game fees? Is there a sell on the chart for used game fees? No, that's on the other chart. That includes the PlayStation <laughs> oh, okay. 5. That's some old that was, template uh... they had. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, so the CPU is the same between the Series X and the Series S, probably because it was cheaper to just use the same thing than make a custom yeah. one, I would guess. But then that leads to people saying, like, even the... Series S has a more powerful CPU than the PS5 and like yeah by a little bit that's one that's not going to make much difference anyway and two well, look at the rest of this yeah when you're bottlenecking the console in other ways the advantage of the CPU kind of just doesn't matter as much anymore like yeah I mean you got into the whole you know numbers 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 of memory bandwidth but yeah like a, a good CPU stops mattering when you have Crap RAM Yeah well and not even that but So the GPU Here we are the the big boy The graphics processing unit The Series X has Custom AMD Radeon RDNA Navi tw- uh, 12 teraflops With 52 CUs Which it turns out uh, stands for Compute units It's not CUDA mm. cores Though it kind of is it's basically the same thing 52 CUs at 1.825 gigahertz. Series S 
4 teraflops, 20 CUs at 1.55 gigahertz. So a third terafloppage and under half CUs. Uh, for comparison, the Xbox One X, which I have connected to my TV right now, had 6 teraflops. Uh, meanwhile, people are desperately defending another aspect of the Series X, uh, Series S, which I'll get into later after this, but it's related to that. Um, video output for the Series X is native 4K. Says it has 8K support. I really doubt that's going to happen. I'm surprised at this point that the video output is not just RGB. Yeah. It's like VGA. They throw you a bone and they give you us video. Uh, well, I'm talking about the Series X, though. Not the oh, S. I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean the Series. Look, I hate the way that these are named because yeah, my too. dumb, like, caveman brain keeps, like, I hear S and X as being the same for some reason. SSX must have been really confusing. You bought <laughs> yes, it because you thought old. it was, you thought it was a game adaptation of Triple X starring Vin Diesel. And you're like, this is just all snowboarding. I thought it was buying the snowboarding sequel to BMX Triple X and uh, was very underwhelmed. Uh, Not so, the game that I wanted at all. So yeah, the video output for Series S tops out at 1440p. It says it has 4K support through playback or upscaling, which, yeah, I guess if you're watching Netflix 4K stuff, sure, fine. Um, But yeah, like the 8K support on the Series X, that's... Maybe for the UI, I would guess. Because I can't see any game rendering at that. I would say movies, movies, but then I forgot no disk drive. Although I suppose that, you know... That's not... Perhaps you can buy movies on it. I don't... Yeah, I was talking about the Series X. Um, the S tops out at uh... 4K. <laughs> That's what I was just saying. And then I moved on to the X and was talking about 8K, and then you were talking about... It doesn't. It doesn't help that I like probably got three hours of sleep last night. No, so, it doesn't. Like, my brain is completely glazed over. So you're just throwing numbers and letters at me, and I'm kind of going into a coma. That's right. This is the numbers segment. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the data. We've long since established. I'm not good with numbers. Uh, data transfer speed, I/O throughput is the same on both. That's fine. That's about what I expected. Uh, however, the storage is half of the Series X. It's only 512 gigabyte SSD in it. Um, external storage supports that proprietary SSD card, which they notably have not set a price for, and I would expect that thing is going to be 150 to 200 dollars. Yeah. Wait. So the Series X only has like a bit over a terabyte of storage. Yep. One terabyte. How much was the PlayStation 5 storage capacity? 500. Oh, uh, PS5. I'm it's sorry, a, PlayStation 5. Yeah. 5. 5 is like 8. It's like a weird number. It's like 825 or something. So it's not even a terabyte? No. On the PS5? But the PS5 also right. does support like uh, regular NVMe drives. It'll, it'll have to be oh, certain ones good. that are whitelisted or something, but you can get those. But this one is just this proprietary memory card thing. So uh, it'll which... be more accessible on the PlayStation 5 than it's going to be on the Xbox. Uh, probably, yeah. Okay. That's um, not so bad, I guess, but also I feel that, like, this is a repeat of the previous generation where they are vastly underestimating how big games are going to be. 
Yeah. Like I see that filling up just about as fast as I fill up my PlayStation 4, which I'm constantly having to rotate games out on that. There's just not enough storage. I see it as a repeat of the Xbox 360 where they were charging a bunch for the hard drives. Oh sure. I, I mean in I mean in general about the storage capacity, like the number they are assigning to the storage capacity yeah. for both of these systems, not just Xbox. For Xbox, yeah, absolutely. This seems like another case where you have that weird looking hard drive on the top of the console mm -hmm. that they they made it that way so you could easily swap it out yeah it's got that little button on you just click it man that thing was cool it was it, too expensive was. but yes. you know it was a it was a really shitty thing for them to do but also it looked neat and plugging it in felt good uh i'm a little bummed that like the xbox i have now is the like black one that they made that's like more angular uh-huh and so it doesn't have that hard drive on the top of it. Yeah, it's like the K-shaped one. That yeah. Uh, I mean, bummer, I never, but... I never got a second hard drive for the 360. I, I was running that 20 gigabyte that came with uh, until it's the end yeah. of the generation. Of course, back then, games, if you did install them to the hard drive, which you didn't have to do, bless, um, those were like 6 gigabytes, so... Yeah, I thought you were going to say didn't have to buy a second Xbox because <laughs> I was, I was going to say I wouldn't have had to either if mine didn't like red ring. I did have to buy a second, times. Um, but yeah, I, I just got people like, had to buy a second. Yeah, I just got an arcade one for really cheap and just swapped the hard drive over. So anyway, yeah. um, the rest of the stuff here doesn't matter. It's just like <laughs> no, I mean it's like how many USB ports does it have? You know, whatever. Taking this chart. Putting it in the shredder. Mm -hmm. Taking the Series S, putting it in an industrial shredder. This console fucking sucks. Wait, this can't be right. It it says it only has one front USB port, and that's it. That can't be right. That, I don't know. That sounds because there has to correct. be no, because there has to be at least one for an external drive. Like what if that one in the what if that one in the front is for the external drive? No. Given everything else that you know about the series S. This is for both of them. Um Oh really? Yeah. So they're saying that the Xbox Series X will only have one USB on that yeah. chart. There there must yeah. be um that must be an error with the chart because they had a like they've got mock ups of the box out there. And I feel like I'm gonna have to look and see. Haven't they also showed the back of the actual like Series S X obelisk? Yeah, that's uh, what that I'm saying. Has, like all the ports on the back of it. That's yeah, what I'm saying. I that's what I'm trying to look at. Um, yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, Series S seems like a bad deal. Yeah, well, I mean, it's more affordable, Larry. It's less money. So, so. I mean, it's like, in, in these if, trying times. If you put an SSD in an Xbox One X, it would be better than this. Yeah. Which I'm surprised, like, at the little surprise that that's not what they're doing. Uh, yeah. Like, it seems yeah. like you could you could do another SKU with the Xbox <laughs> X and, uh, or Xbox One, rather, and just, I don't know. It's, it looks dumb, too. It still looks like a speaker to me. It still looks like this is some sort of tie-in speaker product to the Xbox Series X. 
Like, yeah. I, I'm still having a really hard time getting past the way it looks. It might be the dumbest looking console I have seen in a long time. It is up there for me with the George Foreman Grill PlayStation 3. So I think I like some perspective. I like the George Foreman Grill more. Sure. I mean, look, the Xbox Series S does not have the Spider Man font. Yeah, exactly. So, how good is it really? Okay, I can confirm there are two USB ports on the back. Okay. There are two USB on so, the back, there is an Ethernet port. Uh, HDMI out and then the one for the Little card or whatever okay. uh, And it's the same for the Series S They both have the same So Mystery that's solved Weird that they would put one on that chart But okay Yeah I, I think that's just Somebody didn't care enough Because there was just like eh, USB whatever But yeah. that's good to know Because uh, reminder the Playstation 4 Only has two USB ports And they're on the front uh, so I just have my external drive plugged into the front With a cable going around to the back That's really annoying That, that looks dumb Yes it does Yeah I have more numbers for you But they're not related to uh, the Xbox Okay well I have one more thing about the Series S And what a disaster okay. it is That's why I wanted to make sure That you were not, <laughs> not done yet Right uh, so they're talking about how the Series S. All right, here here's here's the headline: Xbox okay. Series S will not run Xbox One X enhanced versions of backwards compatible games. Woo! <laughs> That's right. Now I you you're the Ric Flair now. Uh. Microsoft has confirmed the Xbox Series X will not run Xbox One X enhanced versions of backwards compatible games and will instead uh... run the Xbox One S versions of Xbox One and Xbox 360 titles with other, other beneficial features. What so it's, are they doing? It's because it's not good enough, because it's worse than the Xbox One X. What is even the point of releasing this thing? Why I don't does know. it exist? Is it just like I? Th it's because like it's a lower I, I price. Think I know. Yes, it'll yeah, sucker people price into and it. Pandemic. Yeah. yeah, people are not going to have that much money to spend this year. This is the fucking Mario thing again, where it's just you can trace this back to knowing people don't have money, uh -huh. and so you're putting something out in a very meticulously timed and planned way to get as much money as you can. Like the reason this exists. Is it's a cheaper, lower end option, and so people who are hard hit right now, but still might have enough money to want to get invested into a new Xbox, I guess. and be able to get this dumbass thing. Yeah, and it, it's I just, think that's why it exists. I think it's that, and knowing that Sony isn't going to be able to hit a price anything near that with the PS5, and so like no, we'll just put out this even... cheap, crappy thing that. People will buy because yeah. they'll look at the both of them and be like, "Well, why would I get that one for five hundred dollars when I can get this one for three Yeah, even though they're just suckering them into garbage. Yeah, you're like, basically with... getting a last generation console. Yeah, barely even that. But like the the PlayStation Five, their discless version is not going to even be able to be that cheap because no. it's got the same components inside of the box. Like it's no. just missing the drive. I like, mean, you you have. Said 
again, I believe on the podcast several times, and I know you've said it on social media that you think that that system will be about 50 bucks less than the version with the disk drive in it, which I think probably is... at this point, though, I would, I'm kind of wondering if they'll drop it a hundred. I was about to say, I kind of think they'll, yeah, I was going to say, I think that they'll go down a hundred bucks on that just to try to undercut. At that point, if you're looking at the Series S versus the PS5 digital at 400, that's a pretty easy decision. Yeah, also, like, if the thing that is compelling you to buy a console is who has exclusives, like, <laughs> yeah. I kind of think Sony wins out on that end. Like, Microsoft exclusivity is not what it used to be at all, right. uh, outside of, like, well, it's the Halo machine. But even then, like, you know, I'm assuming they're going to continue to do the same thing where all these games are going to be available on PC anyway. Yeah, my main problem with this is that I fear the Series S is going to hold things back quite a bit because things have to be able to run on it because Microsoft, for some reason, is dedicated to forwards compatibility with previous consoles. I don't know why they're so into that concept because it's terrible. Uh, Sony, at least... Is just like making a clean break This new generation, good, that's what they should be doing That way you don't have to worry about your new games Running on old garbage From seven years ago There is no reason In my mind to purchase A Series X And especially not a Series S For at least the next year When they're being really insistent upon All these games being able to run on last gen hardware Like if you have an Xbox One There's really no reason the first year to invest in a new Xbox Well for me um, I plan on getting both because The Series X is a bit more Powerful than the PS5 So it's very likely That multi-platform games will run Better on it than they would on PS5 sure. And so in that case it would basically Kind of be like uh, The opposite Or no it'd be the same as it was in the 360 and PS3 thing You know Sony exclusives also... you get on the PS the you know just for short the PS uh, and multi-platform <laughs> games you get on the Xbox. Yeah, you're also an absolute madman, Freak? and you yeah. buy every single new. Well, I wanted to be more gentle with it. You're the one who said it, but genetic you, you always have to you always have to get like every new console that comes out. As long as I've known you, you've gotten every console that's been out each generation. Yeah. So like, why stop now? Exactly. <laughs> Honestly, like. Look, you've committed to it. Just stay the course. I mean, really, part of it, a big part of it, is that Game Pass is so good. And also, I still have that for like two more years because of the scam I pulled on it. But, um, yeah, I've, like, over the past year and a half or so since I got the Xbox One X, I've played it a lot more than I played the PlayStation 4 because I still have a base PS4. And a lot of times I'll load up something on PS4 and be like, hmm, I don't want to play this. Uh, because it does not run that well. So, yeah, like if multi-platform ga- multi-platform games run better on the Series X, that's where I'll be getting them. Like I expect to, when the new consoles come out, I'll be playing Avengers, which hopefully will be fixed by then. <laughs> uh, playing that on yeah. Xbox. Well, uh, I might want the Spider-Man. I might go with PS for the Spider-Man. I don't know. Spider-Man's in it, right? I haven't seen any footage in of the, it. 
he's supposed to be in the PlayStation Five version, yeah, but I've not seen any of that either. I don't I know if was... that is it's coming out as at like a later date or something. I thought it was in the PS4 version too. I don't know. I didn't I'm know sorry, if that was PS4. like in, in the base game or if that was going to be DLC coming out or because I saw another, a DLC. I... Um, uh, Kate Bishop Hawkeye is going to be in it. I keep. Doing this too with the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, which is less understandable, I think, than the S and the X, that I keep getting them flipped around, and yeah, I, I know. really don't know why I'm doing Like, I need to see your neurologist about this. Yeah. Related to <laughs> exploding like, head a... syndrome. Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, now, people... I, I think it's I think it's because I'm still, like, it's the tail end of the PlayStation 4, and there's still a lot about the PlayStation 4 that's on my mind, and uh, PlayStation 5, even though that's supposed to be out, like a month and a half that it still seems like kind of ephemeral like not it's quite not a month real and a half because well i mean we don't know for sure no. it's a month and a half away from november which is this nebulous time frame that is supposed to be out sure but like the xboxes are out in just a little under two months now yeah i guess it yeah. depends on I, if the I, ps5 I, is going to try to beat them to the market by a few days well, what? I think they're definitely. I, I think that they're going to. Uh, like, I, I think it might be a week after. I think that they were set to announce something on the ninth. My conspiracy theory was that Xbox had some kind of knowledge of what the price and the date and all that announcement was going to be, and so they had prepared their package that they would release shortly afterwards, and then it leaked, and so they had to blink first and confirm it and put it all out there, and then Sony was like. Whoa, shit! All right, we need to do something about this because they're going to sell their box for less, and their box is going to come out before ours. Yeah, and so yeah. they pushed it back a week, and now they're going to, you know, the the price is probably going to be different than what it was. All of that is just like conjecture. There's nothing to confirm that. It's just kind of my read of the room, but I think that that is probably what went down. Speaking of conjecture, so, there is. <laughs> There's talk of something that's going to be announced at the PlayStation event that I am very interested to see. I don't know if What's it's that? true or not. Do you want me to tell you, or do you want to be surprised when it happens, if it happens? Uh, Mark Cerny is going to no. be like a, an onboard AI, similar to a showdown. Now that would be good. And when you jailbreak the console, it removes its ethical constraints. Yeah. Enter cyberspace um, to destroy Mark Cerny's floating head. <laughs> Looks like uh, Andros. Mark Cerny just softly calling you an insect. Mm-hmm. This is tiny, sweet, sweet voice. Nice jump, idiot. Enjoy these cyber monkeys that will try to murder you now. Uh, anyway, um, people are super defensive I'm... about the Series S not being able to run Xbox One X enhancements by being like, well, yeah, it's a 4K console, so of course this doesn't run 4K, so it's not going to do that, but it'll have better frame rates. I'm like, eh, wouldn't really count on it because I have uh, an Xbox One X and I was playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider and I had it on high frame rate mode, and let me tell you, sometimes it still was not super smooth. And so something that's less powerful, I don't, I don't think that's going to be hitting 120 frames per second no, for most games. Not. Even though they like to claim that. Uh, well, I mean, if you're like still an Xbox freak at this point, you got to be pretty defensive about it. 
Yeah, like that's I, true. this isn't like I don't like console wars bullshit. I kind of hate that there are still people who have a console war brain. Mm-hmm. But like honestly, like my read of the Xbox for this generation and the generation prior is not not great. Like they've not done anything to sell me on buying their system. Um, the generation before that, the Xbox 360, PS3, Wii. I think that was like the first generation I owned like every console that was out. Yeah. Uh, even though the Wii was my parents had bought it and it was technically their Wii and not my Wii, but it was still in the same house. Wii Wii. Um yeah, um, Wii Wii. Um Yeah. Like console war mentality, I think, is something that gets drilled into you as a kid when your parents will only get you one console. And then yeah. like it so just you never leaves your brain. Yeah, you have to be defensive of the one thing you have. That's why Nintendo fans are built the way that they are. But mm. like it, it does extend over to like, you know, Sony fanboys, Xbox fanboys. They're all miserable. Sure. It's just that I think Nintendo has given Nintendo fans more ammunition to work with over this like, you know, last year or so than Sony and Microsoft really. Yeah, like when I was a little kid, uh in my formative gaming years I had Nintendo stuff. I didn't have a Sega Genesis. There was one at my grandma's house. I played it occasionally, and, and like, I just didn't really yeah. like it that much. You and, still give me shit for liking Sega Genesis yeah, games. Yeah, because it's because it's they're not as good. But it also came out oh, like fuck three. You. It, it came out like three years before the Super Nintendo, so it was like the Wii U of its time, I guess. Like it was it dated. Arcade quality games. Mm-hmm. Sega was all like about Altered the Beast. arcade. That's right, they compressed Ultra Beast onto the Sega Genesis. It was a, a testament to their technological prowess. Yeah. The sound chip was so good! <laughs> uh, but yeah, even the But really, I can appreciate Genesis games. I, I think overall the Super Nintendo is a lot better, but... Sega Genesis yeah. had Alien Soldier, which the SNES yeah. did not have. That, True. that was my argument. The SNES didn't have any treasure games, did it? I don't think it did. Yeah, Panorama I don't think so. Cotton, that was also Sega Genesis. Dynamite Heady. Dynamite Heady, yeah. Gunstar Man, Heroes. I Panorama Cotton again. Uh, well, I don't really care much for Gunstar Heroes, so. No, but I'm just listing whatever. treasure games. Uh, yeah, sure. But, like, Gunstar Heroes is one that a lot of people hold up as being, like, one of the greats, if not the best, on the Genesis. And I think that. No. Mm. Come on. Well, anyway, uh, that's basically it for the Series S showcase. Yeah. Uh, don't buy that thing, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Buyer beware. Yeah, buyers regret the warning. console. That's right. Anyway, you have we're, news? We're true, we're true console Marxists. We'll break down the door to your home and force you to play the Xbox Series X. That's right. We have no-knock warrants. We're going to break in. <laughs> um... Now, with the, the PlayStation 5, like, the big reveal thing, uh, considering this podcast is going to go up on Thursday and we'll we'll record the thing on Wednesday, just, like, tell me what it is because I think it will be either funny when it's, like, dead wrong and the recordings <laughs> have that disparity or it'll be, like, fascinating that it was correct for uh, once out of, like, all the predictions that we've made about this show. People are saying Final Fantasy 16 is going to be there. No, it won't. Uh, the the reasoning for this is a claim that was supposed to be at the previous one, but Square Enix could not actually get running on a PS5. 
and everything on the previous one had to be running on the actual hardware. I just don't see them having started production on that game between having just wrapped up Kingdom Hearts 3. Well, because Uh, they've been going between Kingdom Hearts 3 and Final Fantasy 7, and they just, they started, like, within the last year, development on Part 2 of the Final Fantasy 7 remake. Like, I don't think that they're devoting resources to 16. Aren't those separate teams, though? Didn't Kingdom Hearts 3 came out? No. I thought Nomura was the guy just doing everything there at this point. Well, like maybe maybe he walked walked by the cubicle and was like, yeah, it looks good. Get you. It'll tighten up the graphics on the car Make him push That's it a little bit longer gun. Yeah, I don't know I'm not sure exactly what the deal is um, But from what I, I understood They were separate teams And Kingdom Hearts 3 came out a while ago So I still don't see them doing that I, I think that like if they're going to show any Final Fantasy It's going to be stuff from Final Fantasy 7 Part 2 No Absolutely not I, I think that if they show anything that's what it's going to be They've already been showing like stills of it, so it would not surprise me if at this point they actually have footage to show of that game. I didn't know that. Like they've been Why working they on it for like, it's mostly just like, hey, here's some outdoor areas and like Cloud and Aerith running around. I think oh. they show like the cargo hold of the ship where you encounter Sephiroth uh, after the Midgar segment. Okay, um, well, that's possible then, and maybe that's actually where these rumors came from. I don't know. That's that's what I'm saying. I think that those. I think it's possible they'll show Final Fantasy VII stuff, and I think that people are misconstruing that as Final Fantasy sixteen, or just getting lost somewhere in translation. Maybe. Uh, but hey, again, we'll have the other thing up before this, so one of us is going to look like a horse's ass, or I both. Thought, Who knows? I, I thought we weren't recording anything for the thing, because you're not going to be available to do it. Well, I'm... No... I shouldn't have it on a recording, what I'm going to do, but I think I figured out a way that we can kind of game the system and record this thing. So okay. I, well, you were mad about the date and time it was at, because you're like, ah, I'm not going to be able to watch it. So I might have to slack off at work <laughs> to do <gasps> podcast stuff. All right. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I, I will find a way. We will have a recording up for that thing. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Um... But yeah, that that was the thing that I saw. I was like, huh, would, big if true, but who knows? Sure. I still doubt it, but yeah, yeah. if they actually did that, that would be... Well, the thing is, like, I, I think, like, af- my after all these years, and... like, watching E3 and reading threads on the internet and stuff, anytime anyone mentions Final Fantasy might be at something, the first reaction should always be, hmm... Yeah, I, I think too that my faith in Square, specifically with Final Fantasy games, is just so low. Like, yeah, they will announce something that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to come out for like another five years. Yeah, they'll announce something that might like, not even exist a year from now. Kingdom Hearts Three took forever. Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy versus thirteen is like it's yeah that is its old that is its own whole thing, its own fiasco. Yeah. Nearing new, nearing Duke Nukem proportions, mm. but like even the Final Fantasy VII remake, that was a thing that they announced it, and then like even like you had the PlayStation Three thing, and that was just supposed to be a tech demo, and it was never meant to be anything more than a tech demo. So it's unfair to say that that was actually the announcement of a planned remake. Oh yeah, but when wasn't. they did actually follow through and announce that they were remaking the game, even that as it existed 
doesn't exist anymore. Like they yeah. scrapped all of that and then shifted the development team. So yeah, like if Square announced a Final Fantasy 16, like I've got no faith that that's going to come out within like, you know, the first two years of the console's lifespan. If yeah. Three. Here's hoping on. this thing like focuses on launch titles. It would be nice if they have a couple things that they can bust out. That'd be a nice surprise. Yeah. Like, and it's coming out uh, when it launches. Like that's also why I think. This will have the date and price Well, obviously You would assume so As mentioned, who knows I would even be fine if they were Just talking about stuff within the first quarter Of next year or two Yeah, yeah That would be acceptable to me But still, I feel like they've got to be like Miles Morales and Demon Souls Are out at launch mm-hmm. I think that's Nacthory. that's your two <laughs> Sure, and Nac 3 That's my prediction Is Nac 3 We'll be at this announcement It's gonna say new kill zone But uh, Gorilla's busy making another series I don't like So Yeah Is this just a, our closed envelope thing at this point? Uh, sure I guess Okay so like we're on the same page It's probably gonna cost now between 450 and 500 right? Yes Okay I think most likely they'll match 500 But it would be very very funny If they made it 450 and just like twisted the knife it would. It would also be funny if it were still like five fifty or even six hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would part be like classic Sony arrogance too. Yeah, well, part of me still thinks that the intention was to sell this thing for way too much money. Like, especially if like my my dumbass theory holds true that like Xbox knew, and so they had prepared their their whole thing to undercut Sony. That would imply that five hundred dollars is still a bargain over the PlayStation Five. Possibly. We'll see Who knows? We won't know now Because I, I just do not think that the price that they're going to give us Is going to be the price that they were going to give us Unless it does actually end up being like 550 bucks In which case Everything I said is bullshit And that they weren't going to announce anything on the 9th Yeah the, yeah, the thing with the 9th too Was it was the uh, anniversary So I still think that they were Going to do something So you had no other news Uh a little bit Because I have it's one It's not like It's not big news So I'll just get it out real quick uh, Warner Brothers is not letting Anyone in the movie industry Know how much money Tenet made <laughs> This thing This is real good Yes it is uh, So Tenet's over 200 million globally Yeah Which uh, That ain't great But They're also not letting Like Rival studios know Through Comscore Mm-hmm. Because they really don't want to like acknowledge how little money it made domestically due to the pandemic. Last I saw, which, it was about twenty million. Which ooh, oh, boy, I did not know that. The thing yeah. that I read did not give that figure. That uh, I think I just that, came out this morning. I know that Sony is doing the same thing and not letting anyone else in the industry know how much money it's making domestically. Yeah. Um, not it, but rather their their movies. Um, man, they just uh, insisted upon releasing it in theaters and only theaters. Like no one just had to have the BBKs, and now they're making yeah. scraps off uh, of it. This is the headline from IndieWire: uh, Tenet earns six point seven million. Total box office is under fifteen million. Theaters are in a world of hurt. <laughs> uh, 
the uh, the subline is while tenant held well this weekend and new theaters opened there's not enough box office to cover exhibitors operating expenses jesus fucking christ uh, movie theaters are going to die and it's going to be amazing yeah i'm excited yes me too i would hope over time that would drive down the cost of new releases uh distributed digitally although i have no faith in that actually happening i mostly just don't want to pay 20 bucks to watch bill and ted face the music no if they put that out on blu-ray or something immediately for like 20 or 25 i would probably pay that but for a digital oh, rental sure. no no thanks yeah to have it in perpetuity for that much money new is totally fine yeah, yeah to, to have like a one-day rental like I, I still would be willing to pay that premium on certain movies that I'm actually excited for. I think that that yeah. cost though decentivizes me from seeing movies that I would have woken up one day and been like, I don't know, it's five bucks matinee right now. I'll just go watch a movie. I mean, it, it's um, aimed at people who are like going with their family or something, and they would be going and paying like twelve dollars a ticket or something like that. And yeah, that. It's much more attractive to people like that But to loner sad sacks like us uh, There should be some sort of discount Where we're like no I, I <laughs> promise right. I'm watching it by myself I have nothing else going on in my life Just let me watch Bill and Ted for $10 Look this TV only goes up to 720p Just let me give you 7 bucks <laughs> yeah. for Bill and Ted Yeah uh, uh, Yeah well, like I, but... I will probably end up paying that money To see the new James Bond movie Yes actually. I probably will too That's yeah. basically I'm... it yeah, that well, I mean, it's not like there's much coming out right yeah. now. I would be willing to pay that price to see the new Batman movie, assuming this is also going on by then, which seems definite. Oh, yeah. That's also that, assuming, and, though, that um, Robert Pattinson doesn't die from the COVID. And Pat Pattinson. Um, and, like, Godzilla versus Kong, I probably also would pay yeah. the price for. I would do that, but, too. But that's... I think, although the, I think that's... The list. I think that's pretty much it. The bummer with that, though, is I would want to see that movie with Danny. Uh, Danny is, uh, in addition to being an absolute nut for Warframe, he is a huge uh, Godzilla freak. Mm -hmm. And so I've kind of just taken to enjoying Godzilla in the company of Danny because it is fun feeding off of that energy. Well, see, it's also good because you can split it. Yeah. That would be great. Uh, the problem is actually being in the same room as somebody else while there's a pandemic going on. Oh, it's uh, fine. He's, he's like entirely work from home, and I still have to go out into the public like two days a week, and so I'm more concerned about like me getting it and infecting somebody else. Ah, uh, it'll be okay. Point. It's just the two of you. It's not a huge gathering. It's still on the opposite side of the room. It'll be fine. And the room's not that big. I'm not in a very large apartment. Well, then suck it up. Get the virus. It'll be fine. You're young. Uh... Ish. That's right, I'm in good health Oh yeah, definitely Everything not... with my body functions exactly the way that it should Definitely not going to the doctor every time you lightly bump a knuckle on something <laughs> You're my afraid to get a really hematoma Alright, whatever My thumb was really fucked up, I insist uh, this. Um, My yeah, news the, the tenet... Oh yeah, yeah, go ahead okay. I was just going to say that the tenant thing is really funny to me because again it is a situation it's a scenario in which they were so insisted upon like this has to be on a big screen it's christopher nolan he has a very particular way about the way that he wants movies screened and that arrogance and dumbassery and inability to read what the market is right now is costing both of them and that is hilarious to me 
Christopher like, Nolan. This is hopefully another there another in a long line of things that is proving that theaters are just failing right now and you need to make a change to adapt to that market or just die. Christopher Nolan cares deeply about how you watch his movies. He does not seem to care if you can hear them or not. Um, no, that, sure. that's that's very low on his list of priorities. He yeah. just wants as many thumping bass sounds as possible. And, and can you hear the dialogue? Eh, whatever. Turn the subtitles that's not on. Important. Yeah. Yeah. In the theater, you, you click the important. button. To turn the subtitles Definitely wasn't important in The Dark Knight Rises Which is a movie in which I wish I heard no dialogue at all Oh yeah Oh the writing was so bad in that Are you? A clean slate? You mean the program that would be perfect for a master thief That erases their identity <laughs> from every single database in the world? This is how people talk It's natural dialogue Basil Exposition Ugh <sighs> uh. So my other What's news, your other news? Uh, Ubisoft had an event Ubisoft Forward And that yeah, thing, all these, thing Got all this footage sucked. of women who enjoy working here Yeah they made sure to show All the ladies saying how great it is To work at Ubisoft We and, we have fun here It's it's a good place to work Yeah uh, But the main thing from that was The Prince of Persia Sands of Time remake which are calling it a remake, not a remaster, which is interesting because that looks like someone did a bad reskin mod of the original game, which in one way is good because I'm glad they didn't change the way it plays because I didn't really want a modernized version of that. Like Sands of Time has a specific weird way it plays because it's sort of this middle ground between trying to capture the sort of stop and go, very deliberate pace of the old Prince of Persia and also modernizing it. Um, I haven't seen footage of this at all. But it looks what? bad. It looks real bad. Like to the point where I was shocked when they showed like behind the scenes footage of them doing new mocap and voice recording for the cutscenes. Because from looking at them, I thought they were just the same cutscenes, like scaled up and everything. But I, oh, it looks bad. I believe they're oh, charging wow. fifty dollars for it. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, this does not look good Yeah I mean, gameplay-wise, it'll probably be fine But it just makes me wish they had just re-released the trilogy They did the HD thing for, like on PS3 Just put that out on new consoles That's all you have to do uh, I'm I'm glad that one of the first things that I pulled up Is an article that says There's an explanation why Prince of Persia The Sands of Time remake looks the way it does <laughs> Okay, what is it? Tell me uh, well, I gotta read through this thing uh, okay. So, go on about other Ubisoft stuff well, While I catch up on this uh, They showed uh, some sort of racing game That I thought was like Steep 2 But it's something new And it was like whatever, it was a CGI trailer um, Gods and Monsters has been renamed It is now Oh, it's something really generic Immortals okay, I, I... Phoenix Rising um, But it actually looks kind of okay Alright, what is it? Uh, are you ready for me mispronouncing a name horribly? Also, sure. Which is a what else is okay. new? Yeah, Sylvian Gears goes on to say that quote: If you take the game that was made 17 years ago, there's definitely room for improvement in terms of graphism. That's a word. Mm -hmm. And we really wanted to give a unique look to the game because Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time is actually a fantasy story. 
The narration, the 40 different levels that you have to go through to finish the game, are an immersion into the thief of Baghdad and all these magical environments. So we decided to go for a unique visual treatment to make this game stand out from other games. It's not an Assassin's Creed. It's not like the same Prince of Persia from 2008. It has to be unique. This magic, this fantasy, is shown through that saturation, through the light. So it also has a challenge to redefine the visual identity of the game with this remake. So we made it look bad, so it would also look unique. That doesn't make any sense, though. Like, the original game had a bunch of bloom in it. That was maybe the worst thing about it. But yeah. it's just, everything about this just... Mm. I should have just put that uh... HD trilogy ported it straight up done director seed abbas reiterated that it's not a matter of timeline or budget problems saying quote quality uh... is of the utmost importance and that this is something that we have kept in mind from the start uh, the project has been in development for the last two and a half years what and we have had a peak of 170 members working on the project and not to mention other investments in infrastructure and set up that... to make a modern game mm... there have not been any cutback in budget or timeline for the game, end quote. I'm gonna L.A. Noir press X to doubt on this one. <laughs> um, because there's nothing about that that looks like it was two and a half years and 170 people working on it. Like that... Oh, boy. This reporting is coming from onemoregame.ph, which is a website I have never heard from, but if they are indeed pulling quotes directly from people working at Ubisoft, then there you go. Um, mm. I'm not a huge fan of that uh, meme of the brute from the Halo Infinite demo, because I don't really understand why people are so upset about that, but I will say yeah. I found it pretty funny when somebody had a mock-up of the Prince of Persia box art, but it was that brute's face instead of the prince. <laughs> Uh, that does sound pretty good yeah I man uh, yeah I doubt everything that they are saying in here like also even though I've never heard of one more game.ph uh, nothing about the quotes if they made them up are sensationalized so I would have to trust it that's no, that, actually what they're putting that, out there I had not seen those quotes but that definitely sounds like them desperately trying to justify this after bad reaction to the trailer uh, yeah. you should go look at that footage though after we're done here because it's hard oh, to describe why it looks as bad as it does but I was watching that kind of in disbelief of why they would do this I mean even just like looking this, at this stills game, of that okay. game it does not look good no it, it's it's basically the equivalent of that lady that painted over the Jesus picture that made him look like a monkey <laughs> that's basically what they're doing here Look, just put the Prince of Persia games on a collection uh, exactly the yeah. way that they were, uh, yep. preserve the control scheme, and only let people buy it until March. <laughs> yeah. We I mean, included I... A, sa a soundtrack. You listen to the Prince of Persia music while you're on the menu. Yeah. Uh... I mean, I played that PS3 collection. It still played completely fine. Then, yeah. all they have to do... Well, to oh, reiterate, I really have no problem with just re-releasing games as they exist. That's totally yep. fine. It seems like actually it would have been better if they just did that with Prince of Persia. Correct. I also uh, I have to check and see how much this thing is because if if it is oh it's thirty nine ninety nine okay that was kind of what yeah. I expected but yeah. uh, forty buckaroos that that's uh, still that's, yeah, still seems steep to me. 
Yeah. Knock ten bucks off of there, and then I think that you got maybe approaching a fairer price on that thing. Sure, like that medieval remake was thirty, I think. Yeah. That also oh, looked God, better I really than need this. To play that. Yeah, that medieval remake actually looks pretty good. Man. I think it looks fine. I would have uh, liked if they had remade Medieval 2. I have not played Medieval more than what was available in the PlayStation Underground demo. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... Should I, you've should basically I play played, that whole game? You've played Medieval. Oh, is you it a around, short? No, but it's like it's all just run around, swing your sword, get the keys. Okay. Uh, I also should play that remake, though. Rent it sometime or something. I will probably buy that remake when it is dirt cheap, which I would assume I assume it already has to be, right? That was released a while ago. Uh it goes on sale for twenty pretty often, but I don't think it's actually gone below that. But you know what I'd else buy is for ten. You know what other, offer. You know what other remake is forty dollars? Tony Hawk one and two. <laughs> which is a yeah, much, much better remake <laughs> than yeah. Prince of Persia. Like solid remake all around, and also just more game there. I would have to assume. Maybe and you're getting t- you're getting two games out of that. Well, yeah, but they are short games. But that's yeah, based sure, on replayability. But... Like yeah, you're not I was just also going to say Tony Hawk it. is yeah Prince of Persia is something you get through the story, and then I doubt that you're going to want to sit down and play it again right after. But Tony Hawk is something that you just kind of keep approaching. Yeah, I want that Tony Hawk remake. I really do. Uh, is on the way to me from Gamefly, so I will be talking about it next week. Hopefully. I just. I'm having a well, hard time justifying that much money for any kind of remake, even though I think that that is actually probably a good value proposition. Yeah, that seems like a fair price. Honestly, I didn't know it was 40 or I would have just bought it when it came out. I, I thought it was 60 I mean, I did too. I Until you <laughs> mentioned on this very podcast that it was 40 <laughs> yeah. I had assumed that it was a $60 thing. So I don't know, I'm, I'm actually kind of like, I don't want to pay 40 bucks for it, but I'm coming around to it more than I was. Yeah. I don't know. I still uh, got Ghost of Tsushima to finish, and uh, I'm not even like halfway through that game, so probably shouldn't buy anything else right now. Right. Well, I haven't been playing anything. Have you been playing anything? Or is this just ret- we're going into Retro Corner? Toho Luna Nights is oh, that's right. a video game that I played. Yep, and you I enjoyed played it a whole lot. To completion, as did I. To completion. Yep. Good game. Uh, yes. Kind of ridiculously good, considering how small that team was. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Peppo Soft and Beat Mario for the music too. Really good. Yeah. Thank you, Peppo. Thanks, uh, Peppo. I mean, like the music is all just stuff from Toho, which, like in general, like I am fairly repulsed by Toho. Uh, I just want to say that, like, right away. <laughs> okay. The the people who are way into Toho unnerve me. They creep me out. Yeah. And I've not wanted to play Toho games, not just because I am not really good at, like, bullet hells, because I'm not, and so I don't get much of j- enjoyment out of them, but I don't want to become one of the Toho freaks. Sure. I'm worried that I get I'm worried that I get a taste, and then I'm, like, on the Toho wiki, and I'm learning everything about these characters. Chasing the Toho uh, so dragon. So I committed... That's it. Yeah. So I committed none of the characters' names to memory. I I could not tell you who is who in Luna Nights. This okay. was a concerted effort on my part. Uh, I know uh, Flanders, which is the final boss in the game, but Flanders is the only one that I know about. 
but yeah. I already knew about them because they got that uh, song that they used for the McDonald's video back in like 2006. I don't know what that is, but okay. I'll send it to you after. I'm I'm sure you remember it. Just it's been so long that maybe you forgot because it was like really big on the internet. Um, yeah, like I I'm kind of coming around on Pathfinder games. Like I it's I know the last time we did like the the golden. When we did the Golden Grimmies, when Metroid 2, the, the remake, came out, I yeah. had made this point that I just know that's not my kind of game. I haven't played it, but I'm sure I don't enjoy it. Uh -huh. And I've been trying to play more Pathfinder games since then, and I'm actually finding I enjoy that genre of game quite a bit. It's just that I think I played some prior to this that were just not good, and it kind of tainted my perception of it. I think um, um, while you have Game Pass, you should play the Ori games. I should. Um, but yeah, like it, I found that I actually enjoy Super Metroid quite a bit. Uh, Symphony of the Night is something that I didn't care for at the time that I was playing it, but like the more I think about it, the more I want to go back and play it again. Mm -hmm. uh, Harmony of Dissonance, you know, we had a whole episode about that and how I really, really like that game. Uh, I would probably put Luna Knights in like my top three favorite Pathfinders at this point. Uh, I maybe would. Uh, I wouldn't put it in top three, but it was good. The main thing you I also have played more than me. Yes, but my main thing is the actual Pathfinder elements are. It's you're mostly in a straight line from here to there, and you can yeah. go back and search for extra items and everything, but. It, the map is not super intricate And there's not a whole lot of hidden stuff There are occasionally like Walls you can break But that's about as far as it goes And and that is I think maybe my biggest complaint About that game Is I wish that it was more complex I wish that there was more Progression items involved Because it seems like yeah. a lot of the game is like You get a progression item but you're still on a linear path You don't go get a progression item in one area and then have to backtrack to another area to be in. Well, sometimes, it, really. sometimes you do, but it's not much. It's basically it's like, like you have like a branching two... path, and it's like, oh, you get two screens in, and you can't progress, so you have to go back, and the other, yeah, the other way you could it's... go is where the item is. It's not like a Metroid where I got an item, and now I have to completely backtrack to the first level to open up a new path to proceed. Like the levels are actually kind of connected in a very linear fashion. Yeah. Um. Most of the progression items that you're going to get are to progress you within that level and not to progress you somewhere else unless it's to go get a totally optional thing that is yep. not going to contribute towards beating the game. Yeah, you're um, just basically going from point A to point B to the end. It's There are alternate paths, There's stuff. Uh, there are a couple of shortcuts that you can unlock, but not really many, which doesn't really matter anyway because you have the fast travel gates. Um. Yeah. Oddly, the, uh, only one shop. Not really sure what the deal is with that. Yeah. Well, I guess because it's just such a small map that it's not too difficult to, like, if you find one of the warp shrines yeah. and you just take it back to the first level, it's really not that far to get over to the shop. No, it's not. Um, and they give you that, they give you free cards to summon the shop, like, a couple times in the game, too. And, like, to be honest, most of the stuff in the shop you really don't need to buy. Right. You don't need to interact with it at all. So, as I mentioned on this podcast last week, uh, you have these gems, which are kind of your currency. You can sell them, uh, but they also power up your character. Uh, you were not aware of this, despite me saying it oh. on the podcast last week. Totally forgot about it. And sold That's all your gems. 
Um, even though when you go to sell your gems, it tells you exactly what they do. And I only sold my gems twice and about halfway through the game, I had stopped doing that because it just wasn't worth using the shop. So I still think I got like the benefits of keeping the gym for a decent amount of that game. Yeah. So I, yeah. And honestly where it mattered the most too, because like the first half of that game is ridiculously easy. Yeah. Also for quite a while, basically all of the gems you're getting are just for like graze effect up. You don't start getting the attack and defense up ones for a Mm -hmm. while. Um, I, I think the Frankensteins are the first ones that start giving you attack up gems. Anyway, uh, anime girl throws knives at Frankensteins. Yeah. Good game. Basically, uh, Metroid, but you play as Dio. Yep. As you had mentioned. Uh, straight up. Uh, stop time, throw knives. Some yeah, word, though. The, I, I think where the game just lands the hardest for me, though, is like the movement the mm-hmm. way that it actually feels controlling that character like the mechanic of stopping time especially like on the boss fights which incorporate like bullet hell stuff in really yeah. interesting ways that don't fucking infuriate me yeah boss fights like, are just, my favorite it, part of the game because they have that sort of shoot em up really flavor good. they're uh launching orbs all over the place and you get you like weave between them to get your health and mp back and it's really fun and then like you also have to weigh okay well this enemy is shooting a bunch of orbs, so I need to keep time unfrozen to regain health and then freeze it immediately afterwards to jump between them to get my MP back. So, like, you're you're still having to, like, juggle when is it right to stop time and when is it right to just kind of let things play out. Right. In the, in the midst of everything just popping off. And there's a certain point in the game where it just kind of clicks and becomes natural. Like, none of the bosses took me more than, like, three attempts to actually beat. The last uh, one, the ones that were more difficult were at the, like the dead end of the game. Yeah, the actual final last boss took me a few tries, uh, yeah. and that was specifically because of that attack when um she uh like swings the white strips at you. I'm not really sure. Oh how yeah, to you describe. have to you it, have to slide under it. Um, well, no, actually, you can just stay in the middle and crouch. But something weird where. It's like its hitbox changes like where it's swinging if you crouch because I tried it before where like I didn't crouch in time and then I tried again but it like it would hit too low or something but if you crouch as soon as you see that flash in the middle of the screen that just goes over you both times because it it like swings in and they cross over and then swings out again. I always just dodged it by knowing it was going to swing in, freezing time, getting to the other end of the screen and crouching, and then freezing time and sliding back under it when it was going to swing back out to the fringes of the, of the um, screen. I mean, the well, other yeah, way... It does a lot of damage. Yes, it does. Like, every time I lost, it was because I got hit by that. Um, but the other way, I guess, to avoid that would be to use one of your special moves, because when you use a special, you're invincible. Yeah. Um, which is kind of broken. But Thousand Daggers is what carried me through a lot of those two phases of the phases of the final boss. Like yeah. she has that thing where she drops down the um little strips of paper and if they touch you it freezes you. And yeah. if you are as you had a you would tip me off to this. I don't want to take credit for it. <laughs> uh but if you use your special move when that move is activated, because it gives you plenty of time to react, but it covers most of the screen, uh you'll just freeze in one of the frames of the special move, which retains your iframes yeah and also while you're invincible you also still graze and so that thing where she's launching a bunch of orbs and stuff like that you can just go into your special move and 
get your health back. I, I did find out, however, that there is a way that she can hurt you while you were in the middle of the special. How's that? And I think it's I think it's a bug. Because I did that where I froze, I got froze, and I was in the middle of doing the Thousand Daggers move, so it wouldn't hurt me. And she, like, zoomed over to me, and she used this move that grabbed me. And while grabbed, I started taking damage, and it pulled me out of the freeze. But I was doing my special at the same time <laughs> as taking damage. Cool. So, like, I was in the, like, shocking animation, but daggers were still flying out of me. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was bizarre. I'm I'm positive that's a bug. Probably. Uh, I Did mean, actually, uh, no, I didn't. I nearly beat the boss rush. Uh, I had got to the final boss's first phase, and uh, I just started playing sloppy and died. But mm. it's it's fun going back and fighting those first bosses again after you have all these levels because they don't scale. So, like, that oh, first boss, you okay. just know. Like, I, I killed her in less than 10 seconds and got an achievement for it. Great. I didn't know that... <laughs> That you kept your levels and stuff I thought it would just start you at zero Nope You access it by going back to the shop Which is mildly infuriating Because the game will just Like when you beat it and you load back in It's going to be the save right before the final boss Yeah. And so to get back over to the shop You have to backtrack quite a ways And you have to go through a nightmare hall That just has like <laughs> yeah. 20 of the hardest enemies in the game See I warned you about it in I, one area. I said like that's the hardest part of the entire game Is that hallway before the actual final boss Just yeah, so dragons I Bouncing gave... everywhere and those jerks In the clouds That final area uh, Probably has the single largest stretch Of game between two save points There is a healing station roughly Halfway through that but you're still going Without a save and after that healing Station the game becomes like just Falls hard yeah. Because like that hallway alone is rough But there's some pretty difficult stuff before that too And so I game over And lost virtually all my progression In the final area of the game cool. Like it took me back to having about a third of that map Filled out Like all the secret items that I picked up, gone And so I had to go back, get all of it again And then I got overconfident And I was like, well now I know what's coming So I'll be totally fine And then I died in the nightmare hall <laughs> <laughs> no, There's, a, all the there's a save not that far from it, isn't there? No, it's uh, mm. you have. There's only one save in that area before the final boss, and it's about a, a third of the way into that map. So, like, I the, don't the, think. The second I think time... you missed one or something because I'm pretty sure you. No, you I let... had a hundred percent map completion. You go left. The achievement and everything. And then you go up like a sort of a short thing. It has like the rabbit guys in it, I think, and that's where you can go left, and you have to. Like in, there's a hidden room that has one of the jewels in it, because I had Setting to get that. To you. So okay. you can just pop this open and see. But so like there, there is one near the. There's two of yeah. them near the start, but then like there's only one like halfway up. So if you look at that one where it's just a save station in the middle of the map, that is where I was, and so everything above that is all the progression that I lost. Oh, I know what it is. I took that um, that fast travel gate over to another one that was near a save point yeah, After so I died the first I, time The second time, that's what I did Yeah, okay Like, Well, after I died the second time because I got overconfident So my third time through, I was like, I'm just taking the save gate and I'm going to I'm taking this gate and I'm going to a save station <laughs> Just so I don't have to do all this shit over again Yeah um, But yeah, anyway, for this doesn't play well on a podcast If you want to know what we're talking about, Google image search the Luna Knights Topo map. Luna it's Knights the area map. in the top left. Yeah. Um, be careful. Google searching for Toho. Take it from me. 
People are freaks. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Tohulu Nights, good game. Recommend it. Yeah. Yes. Um, I really... I don't like Toho. I don't generally like Bullet Hells, but this game actually manages to incorporate elements from both of those in a way that I really enjoy, uh, which is probably a testament to just how good it is. Uh, incredible looking game, too. Like the sprite work and the animations in this are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, to kind of get at the Bullet Hell stuff, too, just besides the whole grazing mechanic, which is present in the you know actual Bullet Hell to- Tohos, um, your hitbox is very, very tiny. Yeah. And to like understanding that is kind of key to getting the most out of the graze system, um, which is another thing I didn't know until you clued me in on it. That uh, you know, it's kind of like how the head of the ship is the only part that can actually take damage. Like you usually, can it's the basically middle. Just, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, also, because you can't something... take damage from bumping into bosses, which is a really good thing to know too. Is for a while in the game to dodge attacks, I was worried I couldn't dodge up through the boss, mm-hmm. and then eventually figured out I could. I so. didn't know that. I thought you could bump yep. into them. Um, yeah, I, I had told you beforehand. There's a clock tower part because, of course, there is. Um, mm-hmm. Which I appreciate that the background music for that part is like something like the legacy of Tepes or something like that. A little, you know, a little Dra- Dracul reference. Um, Castlevania. <laughs> but there's a bit there with like rotating blade in a cog, and I thought you had to slow down time. Or freeze it or something and sort of time it To get through this little gap in the Rotating blade Turns out now you just crouch And just go right under it Yeah. Even though it doesn't look like you should be able to Like it would just cut off your head But now you're fine Retro game corner? Uh, sure, retro game corner It's the 50th uh, retro game corner oh, That we've done Actually, uh Luna Knights, I will say, there are annoying things about it. I don't like that you can't just attack straight down. Not really sure oh, what the deal yeah. is with that. You can only attack diagonally well, you the, down. You got the double jump that throws a knife under you, but it does yeah. like such piddly damage yeah, that yeah. it really doesn't matter. Um, and some of the enemies, a lot of the enemies, float through walls, which is really annoying because you can't. I your knives go a little bit through the wall, but not all the way, and that can be irritating. This will be really nitpicky. I don't like that one of the achievements is beating the game with no retries, because I just don't see that as, A, for me being possible, and B, like, that's a time and commitment that I don't think I want to put back into the game right now. And I'm Mm -hmm. so close to getting all the achievements that, like, that is the hurdle. Uh, The other is that the level cap is 99, and I really didn't go through any rooms without clearing them of enemies, even rooms I had already been to. I was always pretty thorough about it. And I think I topped out at like level twenty-eight. I got so you know, like thirty-one or so. Yeah, it's about right. I, like, I think some of that also. Yeah, I'm not sure. The last save point, it seems like you can just like poke your head back into the hallway and use the thousand daggers move and easily take out a couple of enemies and then, like, bounce back over by the save and kind of just keep whipping back and forth like that. But, Probably. like, to grind all that out sounds miserable. And, like, there, there's part of me that's just like, well, if I want to be really complete about the game, I got like, to bust the level cap, too. Um, but Yeah, there's, um, well, there's that item in the shop that gives you experience, but, like, I don't know how much experience that is, yeah. like, relatively. I think it says 100,000, but, like, what 
how many levels does that get you? Who knows? I should actually, yeah, I should actually buy that now that I've got all these gems I'm not using. Um, although I don't know, I mean, they give you the defense and attack bonuses, and I'm fucking around at the uh, boss rush where that would still matter. Um, well, the, that, that's it the too. Is there's another says... achievement for beating the boss rush under like six and a half minutes, and I the only way that I've seen that you're able to really do that is by like getting your level up past fifty. Yeah. So, like, if you wanted to get all the achievements, I think that at some point you're just going to have to commit yourself to the grind, and I think that's unfortunate. Mm. Well, you should if also If there were a new game plus, or the... it scaled and you got more, that would be great, but there's not. I You should clarify, the achievement is for beating the game with no replies. Oh, with yes, an L. I'm sorry. Uh, the, the pupil key. Yeah, you get the pupil key. Yeah. There is a, a dialogue at the end of the game, or no, it's in the boss rush area where the character should be saying the word if, but they just typed the letter F. <laughs> it's weird, so. the, the actual dialogue doesn't really have many errors in it, from what I noticed. Yeah. Um, but it's just yeah, that one then, from what I'm saying. It's just like, go get the poople key. Okay. Yeah. Extra game quarter. Retro game the fiftieth one of these that we're doing, if we're counting the previous podcast, which will What's not that? be named because it's litigious. Um, Larry, I want to talk about games that are very near and dear to me for the fiftieth episode, and you're not going to like it. So oh, if you Sonic. be well behaved, if you be well behaved, uh, then we will talk about Tomba one and two when I'm done talking about Sonic. All right. I figured a little bit for me and a little bit for you. I'm trying to be I'm trying to be generous. Okay. The Sonic games are very formative for me. Uh, you, know, <sighs> you know, I've I've I'm just gonna I will turn this car lean. around and we will not talk about Tomba Mister. I'm gonna lean back here. <laughs> Go ahead. The Sega Genesis is all I had back in the day, besides the Game Boy. Uh, so, like, the Sonic games were games that I had played a whole lot. I, I really, really like them. I think they are excellent, solid platformers, and I'm a freak because my favorite Sonic levels are the ones where you do more platforming. Larry, what do you have to say about that? Uh, I'd say when I sit on the toilet, I put out a solid that's better than Sonic It's one. pronounced Hydrosity Zone. <laughs> I don't really this like Sonic the podcast. 3. I'm not, I'm not a fan of them. How do you not like th- three? Is the best Sonic game? Yeah. Okay. It's wonderful. Knuckles shows up and he throws a bomb at you because he's a motherfucker. You steal Eggman's car, Larry. Be- best Sonic game is like most handsome child molester. It's not something to be proud of. Wow, what the fuck? I feel attacked. No, really. I I don't know. I liked you the Sonic games when I was a kid. I. And now it's like I play them, and it's just like I don't like any of this momentum-based gameplay. Yeah, I love how it's way zoomed in, and you can't see Last anything in front of you. Processing. Well, just... memorize the level. No. That's how you're supposed to play it? No, I I won't. <laughs> you know what's nice, yeah. Mario? You can see what's in front of you when you're running through them. You have time to react and jump. If they put out those iOS remakes on like PC or something, which I'm really surprised they have not done, I think that would make those games more playable because they are presented in like 16.9, and so you can see everything a lot better, uh, even though you're still center screen. But they won't. 
I don't know why they won't. They did that. They did that with Sonic CD, but they refused to do that with one and two. And then, of course, because of like legal problems with the music, they completely refused to re-release three in any capacity. Um, yeah. To the point that like fans have just taken it upon themselves to make an HD version of Sonic Three. Cool. Uh, called Sonic Three Air, and that is actually probably the best way to enjoy that game. Uh, gives you a lot of options on Why how to just, like, customize it. Uh, Angel Island Revisited is the oh, acronym. I think it sounds dumb. Just call it Sonic Three HD. Yeah. Uh, there's come also on. Sonic Three Complete. Okay. Which restores like a bunch of cut content, uh, lets you fuck with the level order since Flying Battery was supposed to be in three rather than Sonic and Knuckles. Uh, so that's neat. It's I think it's cool that there are people who are more dedicated to Sonic Three than Sega is, and so they've been doing more with it. A flying battery. Now I've seen everything. That's my favorite line from Sonic. <laughs> Chili dogs. Where's that damn fourth flying battery? <laughs> um, oh no! I also like with Sonic and Knuckles that like you could just jam on the other carts and play as Knuckles. But I liked even more is just jamming on like King Griffey Jr. Baseball and playing more Blue Spheres, everyone's favorite mini game from yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, everyone loves Blue Sphere. Yeah, you do that with Sonic One, and it gives Great. you like a million Blue Sphere stages because they're all like procedurally generated. Yeah, you just play it, and after one level, uh, your eyes start messing up. <laughs> like I can only see the world in right angles now. They start spinning in circles, but in opposite directions from one another. Yeah. I boy. I like I like the Blue Spheres mini game a lot, actually. It's all right. I really do. Like once in a while, but once you get to the end of those levels, and it's really fast, and it's just like. Oh man! It's my favorite part. It's a <laughs> my favorite. It's my favorite part. It's sickness-inducing. I, I every time I play those, I perfect them. I get all the rings. Yeah, I bet you do. Yeah. Like when when I was a kid, and I found out if you put Sonic One onto Sonic and Knuckles, and it actually unlocked like the million different stages, I was legitimately so fucking excited. <laughs> <laughs> what a sad existence you had. Didn't have Mario World, but I had a million Blue Sphere stations to play. I was just mad that it wouldn't like put Ken Griffey Jr. in Sonic. Oh, it'd been great. Yeah, uh, Sonic was in one of those baseball games. The was baseball he? Man and Sonic. Uh yeah, I can't remember exactly what the the game was. Um, I didn't have the Ken Griffey Jr. one. The other one I'm talking about is the one that I actually had. I just don't remember the name. But like, like one of the billboards in the back. Or no, I think it was like the the stadium sign that had the scores and everything had like Sonic the Hedgehog on the board. And so you would only see him if you hit a home run. Okay, which one had the Dr. Robotnik theme that was like, come on! Which one was that? That's Sonic 3. Okay, get that. But then it's the character from Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball who says, oh, come on! And you put that over it. Uh, Sonic 3 had the elemental shields, man. You could breathe underwater, which made sure. those levels fucking playable. Yeah, it had the electro shield that attracts the rings. Yeah, and you had the double jump. And the fire shield, was, which uh, ma yeah. made made you immune to fire for all the times there were fire. 
I mean, it's that's super useful in Lava Reef, but also pretty much nowhere else. They all like deflected bullets to some degree, so like pellet shooting enemies wouldn't be able to hurt you with their projectiles. But yeah, if you ran into them, you lost it. Um, the Sonic series had great music. That's the best I can say about Sonic. Yeah, they did uh, to the point that it became a problem for Sonic Three later on. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they hired like. To like actually to an extent, it's a problem with Sonic One as well because they had hired uh, Dreams Come True, which is a Japanese band, and they owned the rights to all the music that they put in that game. So like they continue to have to pay out some sort of royalties or like licensing fee to be able to use that music. But for some reason, they're more dedicated to that Sonic One, which is a worse game than Three, than they are with that game. And I think a lot of that has to do specifically with. Well, it's easier to deal with dreams come true than it is with Michael Jackson's estate, uh, because that also means like really leaning into the acknowledgement that Michael Jackson worked on that game, uh, which they don't want to do because uh, reasons. Yeah. Some stuff may have or may have not happened in the nineties. Well, probably did not really. Nah, but I think yeah, the issue is more it. that. Wasn't it like some sort of agreement that they would not acknowledge that he did? Like it was supposed to be in secret, like maybe due to record contract or something? It was Because I have no idea why falling... otherwise they would keep it a secret. Like that's something that you yeah. would want to be flouting. So the the way that it was all explained, that it, that it has been put out there, there's two conflicting stories and then there's one party that says both stories are actually correct and I'm inclined to agree with that. Uh, which is that Michael Jackson was unsatisfied with the sound hardware on the Sega Genesis, which, yeah. no shit. <laughs> like, big fucking shock there. Uh, but then also the scandal broke out, the, the child molestation allegations around that time, so it just became good for both parties to split ways. Sega didn't have to associate their, you know, big AAA game with Michael Jackson's allegations, and Michael Jackson didn't have to put up with shitty sound hardware that was, you know... Making his music sound like trash Like imagining um, Michael Jackson They're like I don't know why I can't make the music sound Like it is It's just a robot farting <laughs> like, Well Mr. Jackson that's, that's just how everything comes out here I don't like it Do something there else There is uh, an interview with Sirocco Jones Who did some of the music in the game as well Where he had mentioned like Michael Jackson Would just call him up in the middle of the night And basically just hum Sonic music <laughs> into the phone It was like that's going to be one of the levels and like right. that sounds so fucking surreal to me. Just Michael Jackson calls you up and just hums Hydrocity Zone to you in the middle of the night. Or even Hydro City like, Zone. No, that doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, but it, it's not just like that is not just the single issue with that game. There's also the fact that Brad Buxter worked on it and just straight up used an unreleased track from his band, The Jetsons, for Ice Cap Zone. And so then that came out like a few years ago because they had released this album of previously unreleased Jetsons music and oh shit one of them is Hydrocity Zone or not Hydrocity Zone, I'm sorry, Ice Cap Zone I love Hydrocity Zone so much it's the best level in the entire series the whole franchise but no, they isn't. can't like they, they can't do anything with Ice Cap Zone now because that is a licensed song like for all the comparisons people make between like the end theme and Stranger in Moscow and stuff like that a lot of them are just kind of like yeah, the glass shattering thing from Jam is in the game, but you know, Jam is not completely in the game. There's just sure. a few notes that sound like it. Uh, the Stranger of Moscow was made after Sonic Three, so if anything, the track they made for Sonic Three influenced that song. 
but with Ice Cap, that's just straight up a fucking song that existed. Which is also funny to me because when I was doubting the Michael Jackson thing, you specifically pointed to Ice Cap Zone that it was supposedly like some Michael Jackson thing. I was like, oh, okay, it doesn't sound like it to me. And it was like, no, it has the same chord chord progression. I think you took that from a video that made that point because they never that song never sounded like a Matt Michael then, Jackson. Then it song was something you so sent to me because I never gave a crap about the Sonic music, so I I'm sure I would not seek it out on my own. Because if I tried to convince anybody of that without them knowing anything else, what I would probably send them is the end credits theme and Stranger in Moscow. Oh, yeah, that sounds just... similar, but again, yeah, that yeah. that came out before Stranger in Moscow anyway. People like to point to like the 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 sound, like the the begas and the ooze in there too. But I think those yeah. are actually just from like a a sound pack that exists. Like I think somebody found that at some point. Yeah, because it kind of sounds like the sounds in Earthworm Jim. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Come on. Groovy. <laughs> well, no, that's all original. Yeah. Um, Doug Tenable, he's self. That's right. Actually, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it Doug is? Doug voiced Jim. Earthworm Jim. Um, uh, I so also really like Sonic the Hedgehog one. Oh, Labyrinth boy. Zone is my favorite level. I need you guys to understand what like I've got problems. I, my brain's bad because I played all the Sonic games. Sonic yeah. CD is good. No. Yes. No, it's not. A Sonic game vertically oriented is a lot of fun. <laughs> I love all the conveyor belts That's my favorite part I love springs You just run into a spring And who knows where it's gonna take you You just bounce around for a while Have a good time Please insert the clip of Sonic Boom Sonic saying I love springs Okay You don't have to do that I brought it up That's all anybody really needs Just fucking Christ that game Um, I also briefly wanted to touch on I wanted to be comprehensive So we don't have to revisit Sonic the Hedgehog ever again Because I know how much pain this causes you it's like I'm just sending electricity through your body right now, I'm sure. Um, mm. So I wanted to touch on... Uh, I also played 3D Blast. Sure. That's a game. Yeah, it is. They thought that was acceptable. Get the flickies. That's... Uh, so Game Hut, uh, which is a YouTube channel I brought up before, game that Hut. is run by uh, like the lead programmer of Traveler's Tales back, back in the day, has done a lot of videos about the development of that game. Uh, which are super interesting. Uh, I, I can't recommend that channel enough outside of the bits where he tried to endorse like a Netflix service for old games. That seems like a scam. Game tap. I, th- I think. Yeah. I mean, game tap was, was a long time no, ago. No, 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 no. It's, it, it was a new thing like that people were trying to put out. Game tap made like new episodes rip. of space ghost coast to coast, Maybe. which are lost to time. Was <laughs> game tap. No, because I tried it. I tried it back then, and it was bad. Bring back on life, decouple it from Sony. Everything no. that's terrible is new again. Uh, I also played Knuckles Chaotix. Mmm, great. What possessed me to do this, I don't know. Uh, that game is maybe actually among the absolute worst Sonic the Hedgehog games. Uh, every but level Sonic is heroes. That is also fucking trash. <laughs> that game Shadow... sucks so goddamn much ass. Shadow the Hedgehog. 
better than Sonic Heroes. Sonic actually. Heroes was the last Sonic game I bought. That was the one that broke me. You want you want to know what's really fucked up about Sonic Heroes is the you move way faster and that game is super slippery and I'm sure you've noticed that. It's the same exact engine as Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah. All they did was they changed the value on the speed cap to make it play like twice as fast. Cool. That's why it plays like absolute dog shit. As opposed to Sonic like Adventure those... 1 too, which are buttery smooth. Well, I was going to say, like, those games did not play super well either, but they yeah. were more manageable than Sonic yeah. Heroes. Yeah. So, you know, that great decision, Sega. Uh, hard to believe Yuji Naka left the company like two games later, halfway through <laughs> development. Uh, Sonic 06 is so good. I bought the DLC for Sonic 06 because that's the sort of person I am. What was the DLC? Hard mode. Make the <laughs> levels more difficult. <laughs> of course. What else would it be? How much yeah, did that cost? Like Whoa. Like ten dollars. Look, I it's bought like, horse armor. Like between, and I think that's a better like value. It's like between like five or ten bucks. I don't remember exactly. I'm almost positive you can't buy that anymore. I would have to think that that's been delisted. Because they refuse to acknowledge that Sonic 2006 exists, which is probably the right thing to do. Probably. Um, but yeah, Knuckles Calyx is really bad too. Like All those levels have five acts. The levels are actually pretty barren of enemies or hazards or any real like platforming. It's mostly just kind of... Ah, the, the, the levels are just so fucking dull. Uh, a lot of it is just holding right and you get through the level. And then there's one where you actually have to go search for, like, lights to turn on to progress. And so, like, to suddenly have one level in a Sonic game up to that point that was actually about, like, finding hidden items just sucked. It's horrible. I hate it. game is terrible. The, the commuting thing where, like, you're rubber banding all the time, the worst. The Sonic heroes of the 2D era. Tell me how you really feel hate it okay i give all the sonic games combined six chaos emeralds out of seven and then also uh a bean from mean bean machine in case you get hungry just bite right into the puyo uh, so you Chomp only down. you only bought the hard mode you didn't buy these additional episodes what were the uh, uh shadow boss no. attack silver boss attack sonic boss attack Team I'd attack have to turn the game on I'd have to turn the game on and find out. The hard mode is the only one that I know for sure I bought. Did you buy all three of the hard modes? I think so. I think they had them bundled. <laughs> I don't see a bundle here, but they are two fifty each individually. I probably three of them. bought I probably bought them all then, yeah. I'm trying to remember if I bought that. I know I have it for Shadow. I know I have it for Sonic. I'm not sure if I have it for Silver because I remember just like not liking the Silver's levels at all, which is a funny thing to say because I don't like the game at all. <laughs> then these additional uh, but, like, the Silver parts are the worst. The additional episodes. There are four of those, and those were a dollar eighty-eight each. Deal, a bargain. That's cheap <laughs> for DLC. No wonder I bought it. Yeah. Okay. Looked at that and was like, "Oh, they're begging for my money." It feels like robbery. Tomba! As Tomba's I promised, a good game. You, were, you, were, 
you were very well behaved. Let's talk about the Tomba games. Was Tell I? Me your story. I mean, comparatively to all the other times that we've done this, I feel that you were a lot nicer to me. Okay. Uh, I I'm like in Tomba. an abusive relationship. Tomba's good. On this podcast. It's a 2D thing. You yeah. play as a cave boy, you chomp on pigs. Someone stole your Tomba. Yeah. Tell me about that. You want to talk about it, buddy? No, I don't. It's a bad memory. <laughs> I'll tell the story if you don't. Because I think it's funny. I let a friend borrow Tomba. And then I never got it back. That was basically and it. Then, and then you found out later that Tomba is worth a lot of money. Because I remember the thing being yeah. that you, for some reason, got it in your head of, like, let me look up how much Tomba is. I think because, you, like, you wanted to buy it again. And then you were furious because it was worth a lot. Yeah. And then I think you, like, tracked the guy down on Facebook and you demanded your Tomba back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Never got a response. Like, coward. <laughs> There were maybe some threatening things said also. He totally sold your Tomba. I went and by like his house. The value that it was uh, worth. And he's, he doesn't live there anymore. I assume. It looked abandoned. Were you just like begging to come into the house? Like telling the new owner you think that the, your Tomba is still in no, the house? I just, no, I just drove by and scoped it out. Okay. Uh, I thought this would have been your version of... Um... Oh, God, what, what show was it? Where the old lady, oh, uh, curb your enthusiasm. Where the old lady just wants to die in Larry's house. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> just you keep finding your way in. Look for Tomba. The thing is, as a result of this, I still have the case for Tomba, no manual. That's good. Uh, and in it is the uh, the disc for Mega Man X Five. Not really sure exactly how that happened, but I assume that he probably has the Mega Man X Five case with Tomba in it. This is like the thing that happened recently where I was pulling the two boxes of Sneak King that I have off of my shelf and found that like a burnout game is in one of them and then the other is empty and so I don't know where Sneak King is. <laughs> it sneaked away. <sighs> Curses and drats. I want my yeah. Sneak King. So as a consolation, I did eventually find Tomba 2 at a pawn shop for like $4 or something so I do have a, it's only the disc it doesn't have a case or anything, but I do have a disc copy of Tomba 2. Unfortunately, Tomba 2 sucks, but it is worth money, so there's that, I guess um, I could buy all of the Burger King games for about $8, which is pretty much Sonic 2006 DLC price, mm -hmm. so I probably should do that. Also, I'll say that like missing Tombo doesn't really bother me that much considering PlayStation emulation's pretty good and like you can just play Tombo if you want. It, so that's where so I played Tombo on my Raspberry Pi, of course, which is where I play most of these games. Uh and for some reason Tombo like heated that thing up really bad, and I don't know why. Because I've been playing like a bunch of other PlayStation stuff on that, and that all runs totally fine. Uh the the Pi is like crispy cool, but Tombo is just too much video games. Yeah, it's just it's it. too good. That's why. Yeah. Like it's great. I think it, it actually, doesn't know how to deal with it. I think probably it has something to do with the way it mixes 2D sprites and the 3D graphics that probably. is maybe not 
emulating well or maybe it was just not optimized great to begin with i yeah i Um, don't know it's like you get to that part where you can just walk out a door for some reason and watch an fmv of like a path on a mountain for some reason and it's like this game this game's too good we're gonna i'm gonna overheat so you don't play too much of it at once otherwise you're gonna overdose on pure joy um did you have one of like the first run models of the playstation like the launch version yeah did that thing overheat on you no yeah i also never had problems with the disk drive i know some people would like have to put theirs upside down yeah well that was caused by heating issues oh i thought reason the system didn't ventilate properly oh i thought it was like a something with the disk drive i mean Maybe I I had watched a thing fairly recently that like was I, just this I review thought, of the PlayStation and they they had mentioned that it had heating issues at least on the first like run of those. I thought the thing was that the latch or something was not like it wouldn't stay latched in and then it made it so it wouldn't start and so you had to turn it upside down like to have weight on it and keep it closed or something I mean, like that. I think that happens too. Um it might just be that those parts were bad in general and that they never got fixed, but I know that the heating issue was addressed in that, like another wave of now, now that you mentioned that might make more sense because I think you could could you have the drive open while no because it would like it would turn off and it would spin the disc down if you opened it yeah well that was also the way that you like uh, got around the copy protection yeah you'd you'd have to put like paper you... clip in there or something weird. You would, um, no, I think it was even easier than that. All you would really do is you had to put in a legitimate PlayStation 1 disc and then at a certain point pull it out and then put in your burned disc and then it would play it because no, it checked something you at need, boot. You needed to have some sort of like device in there. And I, I don't know if it's just like a paper clip or something, but you needed to have something. I do remember this because I was looking into like how you mod a PlayStation 1 at one point. Mm. Um, it it does require some sort of like actual mechanical interference in there. I do know at least on the software side, the main thing that it's looking for is apparently there is something that when you put in a legitimate disc, it tells you okay, you're good to play this, and then you can still just pop the disc out of there, put anything else in, and it will play it because it's already done its check. Yes. Like there's this weird period of time where it doesn't matter what is in there after it does the check, the game has not loaded yet, and so you can swap the discs. Right. Um. Uh, so you can matter. totally have that lid open to, you know, to some degree, because you have to do that. Yeah, you put in Monster Hunter, uh, Monster Rancher, and then you put in um, Ill Communication <laughs> or the Spawn soundtrack. Those are the I two. I considered you that also Monster Rancher's whole thing was swapping discs. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying though. Like for it to boot something different, I think you needed something else in there. Yeah. If it weren't for Sony's shitty copy protection, you wouldn't have been able to play Monster Rancher. Well... Because you needed you, to put the CDs in. Yeah, but you didn't put that in like when you started it up. You'd put put that no, in a separate... but the, the, check, the check would have already been done, because it's at boot. So it wouldn't matter at that point. You'd probably just rip it out and put anything in. I don't know. Whatever. Tomba. Tomba. Good game. Yeah. yeah. Side-scrolling uh, solid... action RPG platformer. Yeah feels really good i like the way that tombo controls i think some of the puzzles in that game are actually pretty pretty nifty get you to think uh there is like um 
I hesitate to say uh, Pathfinder mechanics in that game, but you do sometimes have to go back to previously explored areas. Sure, a uh, little bit. You, not you too get heavily. The, get the turbo pants or whatever. Yeah. And there, there is, like, you know, there, there's such a thing as 100% completion in that game because there's a lot of, like, little hidden items that you don't really need but you can go find in the world. Like, the, the world is fairly large, and it does facilitate backtracking for that purpose. Um, I like it a lot. I also just think it's a very charming game. Tomba is an, an adorable freak, and all the enemies are pigs, and I like it a whole lot. And then I played Tomba 2, and started making me reconsider my investment in Tomba as a franchise. That game is bad. Yep. At the time, I was very excited for it because I liked Tomba 1 so much, and I started up as like, oh, th- this is 3... This 3D, kind of. Uh-huh. It's, uh... They leaned even harder into the RPG elements. <sighs> I never finished There's... Tomba 2. I did not there care. Is, uh, there are more Pathfinder mechanics in Tomba 2 than Tomba 1. Like You definitely have to go back to old areas to open up new paths. Uh, I'd maybe put it on the same level as a Luna Knights in terms of like how dense that stuff is. I but guess it's still so. There. Um, By the way, quick note. Uh, Luna Knights identifies itself as a search action game. There's another term to put on the pile if it's something you think about. All of these are better than Metroidvania. Oh yeah, definitely. I don't care. Metroid like is better yeah. than Metroidvania. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Tomb Two is just it, like I. I think it looks neat. It's the part where I actually have to play it, but just it sucks. There's also just way too much of that game there. But the camera's like, garbage, and yeah, yeah, it doesn't play well, and the music's really bad. Oh God, it's so grating. It's so bad, like the, the shop theme that, or it's not even the shop theme. It's just this theme that plays fucking constantly. Like anytime you're in a cutscene or you're talking to somebody or you're buying something or you're in an area that provides you some amount of respite, like you should probably just put the song here so people know what I'm talking about. Accentuate the things that I'm saying right now. Uh, it is the worst. It's grating. It just splits your eardrums wide open. I hate it. And then also, like speaking of bad emulation on Tomba games, mm-hmm. uh, that game has a lot of like lag in it. At least on on the Raspberry Pi. I don't know if maybe it plays better on an emulator on the PC or if it's just that game's emulation is not all there. Uh, so you can also get to hear that theme, but. You'd get to hear that theme, but also like stretched out and slowed down, which is even worse. Tomba 2 chopped and screwed remix. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, God. Tomba 2. Boy. What I a bummer. Also, <laughs> congratulations. You played more Tomba 2 <laughs> than I have. Number one Tomba fan. Um, That's right. So, the. Uh, also just think about like the FMV cutscenes in the first game were these really great like 2D animated things or just really nice to look at pleasant yeah. and then in 2 they don't have that anymore you know like yeah, this bad FMVs CGI 
Diff and Fusion One looked like something that like uh, Toei put it out. Yep. In fact, they they may have worked on that game. I'm not sure. I, I'm not um, sure. Yeah, it it does look like Toei Animation, but I'm not sure exactly yeah. who made those. I would bet it was Toei just because they have done a lot of that stuff for games, especially around that period of time. So it would not surprise me if it was them. But yeah, yeah you get these garbage CD cut or CD uh, CG cutscenes in the second one that are just all the charm has been sucked right out of it. Mm-hmm. Oh god, number two is oh, it's so bad. I really don't like it, but I finished it because I also played Blue Spheres to death. So of course I'm the kind of person who would beat all of Tumba too. I hate living. Really just kind of tired of it. I just found out something interesting. The uh-huh. uh the composer of the music for Tamba, uh Harumi Fujita took his I, own life. Well, for one thing, she um also took her no, own life. <laughs> no. Uh, but she did a track for Streets of Rage 4 recently mm. Came back For Streets of Rage 4 Well you know I was wondering if this was some kind of like a Gloomy Sunday scenario Where listening to the Tomba music too much Just makes you kill yourself No Well this is Tomba 1 honestly. Oh I thought it was Who did number 2? I don't know Some jerk <laughs> I don't want to know <laughs> Put okay. shame upon their household I take back my crack about her killing herself. She seems like a lovely lady who makes very good music. Whoever made the music in number two, though, um, I don't she care did, for them. She did the music for Chippendale Rescue Rangers, uh, the oh. Needle Needleman and Gemini Man themes in Mega Man Three. Oh, uh, right, she seems like a good composer. Strider, Bionic Commando, Ghosts and Goblins. Am- amazing that they replaced her for the second game. <laughs> Yeah. With a chicken pecking at a MIDI board. <laughs> oh man. Fucking Christ. Oh man. And did you know the director for Tamba, Tokuro Fujiwara, his uh-huh. last his last game was Mad World. That's a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh he's done a bunch of good stuff actually. I think he's actually heavily tied to the Mega Man franchise, right? Looks like it Might be confusing him with somebody else Okay, yeah, I looked this up a while ago Because I wanted to see what else he had done And it's pretty much just a long list of good games Yeah, I think like all of Tomba basically were ex-Capcom people So okay, So what the hell happened with 2? <sighs> Don't know They had to have given that to some completely different team Because, boy uh, Well, not the same director uh, Tokuro Fujiwara, Fujiwara uh, was just a producer role. Um, let's see, designers. Yeah, uh, Fujiwara was credited as a designer for the first one, also, and he is if not he on the second one. Number two, then he was a producer in the capacity of Jerry Seinfeld, saying "Good luck with all that." <laughs> uh, the I can't only, believe that had his involvement. The only name in common. Between the first and second game is Toshihiko Uda. That's the only name that has what did that worked on do? both. And one of the designers. There were four credited okay. for Tomba Two, and he's last on the list too. So, uh, wow, yeah, Maybe he's it, responsible for all this. Then, no, I would think it's probably the others that were not mm. involved with the first one. Maybe. 
What score would you give Tomba? Tomba one. I'm gonna give that a, one. a nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Tomba yeah. two. Two for Tomba two. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, uh, the best I'll give it. Everything about I... that game irritates me. <laughs> I, in fact, the only reason it's not one is because of the squirrel suit. I would say that Tomba Two. I would give that a ninety nine percent because that is the price that Tomba Two costs. Complete in box on eBay is ninety nine ninety nine. Tomba 1, I would give 150% because Whoa. that is how much it costs on eBay. Complete in box is $150. Man, that's gone so, up. When I was mad about it, it was like 50 Now I'm yeah, extra no. mad. <laughs> yeah, Tomba 2, uh, this isn't even sealed. This is just complete good condition. Yeah. $150. Uh, that is also on an auction. That isn't just a buy it now thing. So that I mean, will likely go up even more because it's I do got have... like a whole week. I have it. the Tomba case, so if I could just find like a disc and manual only copy for relatively cheap, then I would have a complete copy on my hands. Oh no. Uh well let me see how much a disc is. Hey, well um, Tomba PS1 disc only $124.99. I hate to break it to you. That's nonsense. So alright, what what would you guess professional video game reviewers thought of Tomba 2 back in the day? I bet I bet they actually loved it. I bet they loved it. You would be up. right. <laughs> GamePro, four four and a half out of five. GameSpot, eight point four. IGN, nine out of ten. Next generation, four out of five. OPM, four out of five. PSM, four out of five. I read most of those magazines. That's probably why I was like, oh man, this is going to be good. Tomba 1 was great. This will be even better. And it was. I'm sorry. It wasn't. I'm sorry. Uh, You said EGM gave them a score? OPM. OPM. Official okay. PlayStation Magazine. For a minute, I was going to be like, whoa, is it the same EGM that gave Arrow the Acrobat best new character of 1994? Because it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if they also liked Tomba 2. Uh, oh, EGM gave it 7.87 out of 10. Actually, the lowest of any of these scores. Still too good. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, Even Sean... on the lower end of the scores, that's still too good. Uh, Sean Smith of Electronic Gaming Monthly commended the game's quantity of tasks, but described many of them as not particularly challenging and tedious in some respects, and singled out the boss fights as having provided no challenge whatsoever. Yeah, um, the boss fights, uh, I barely even remember them. It's <laughs> not, like, noteworthy at all. Alright, I don't know what slow-mo is. But it says, Slow Mo praised the score as a soothing symphony of well-thought-out music. <laughs> None of those words are accurate at all. That nicely complements the style and atmosphere of the levels. I mean, okay, yeah, no, I would say that it complements the game. Like, the music is about as bad as the actual gameplay, but, like, I would not, like, well-thought-out are not words I would use to describe anything concerning Tampa 2. No. Soothing is like I I want to see this person like go to sleep and they turn on Tampa 2 music to pass out. <laughs> That's like exploding head syndrome. That's the resilience of the human spirit to yeah. be able to actually do that. 
that is uh, how you prove that man is more than just a beast, is being able to fall asleep to the fucking Kong <laughs> 2 soundtrack. It's <laughs> so bad. Tama 1's classic. I think that I'm really trying to, like, I'm racking my head trying to think of, like, what has worse music that I've played out of this list so far, but I think that Tomba 2 might actually be the worst. Maybe. I, I would think that maybe something on the Sega Genesis was, was worse than that. Or the Game Boy, well, no, I didn't play much on the Game Boy Advance. It was mostly Metroid, and, and the music was serviceable. Plus, you know, my just raging hatred for everything to do with the Game Boy Advance sound hardware makes me kind of biased, so that's the episode. Okay. Uh, we talked about a lot of video games. We reviewed a lot of video games on this uh, on this podcast. We knocked out like eight games on my list. Great. We'll be back yeah, it... next week uh, when we know things about the PlayStation 5. Well, t- technically, double dose of us this week. Maybe. And yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll back. We'll see. I'm look. I'm not promising anything. I might get fired for this, but I, I think I've got it figured out. Well, it's worth it. I might just call into work later or something because I can't imagine. Like it starts at what one p.m. I don't know. We wouldn't. We'll only look it up after after the podcast. I can't remember if it was one p.m. my time or one p.m. like. I Eastern think it's time. I think it's Pacific time. Oh god, that would make it take place like even later in my day then. We'll figure it out after this, but it, we'll we'll have a recording up. So, okay, I'd say look forward to that. But uh, the ironic thing is, this probably going to be up either at the same time or before this. So, whatever. It'll be before. Uh, goodbye, dinosaurs. Goodbye, dinosaurs. <laughs>